0: For me, it's now I'm trying to embrace the fact that it's just a journey that I'm enjoying and that it's just bringing me closer to a physique that I always dreamed of, you know, and that I could never have.
1: Welcome to the Wits and Weights podcast. I'm your host, Philip Pape, and this twice-a-week podcast is dedicated to helping you achieve physical self-mastery by getting stronger, optimizing your nutrition, and upgrading your body composition. We'll uncover science-backed strategies for movement, metabolism, muscle, and mindset with a skeptical eye on the fitness industry so you can look and feel your absolute best. Let's dive right in. Wits and Weights community, welcome to another episode of the Wits and Weights podcast. Today, I am thrilled to sit down with Isis Alvarado, a longtime member of the Wits and Weights community and a fitness and health enthusiast with a 15-year journey marked by personal struggles and triumphs which is exactly what we're going to talk about today. Isis isn't just a fitness enthusiast. She's a warrior. She's battled and triumphed over the all-too-common demons of yo-yo dieting and negative body image. Her journey began in a family where weight struggles were the norm, leading her to her first diet at the age of 10. This early challenge set the stage for a life-altering journey through the highs and lows of self-identity, health, and well-being. But here's where the usual trajectory was turned on its head because as an adult, ISIS broke free from the chains of restrictive eating, discovering the world of strength training and evidence-based nutrition. This wasn't just a physical transformation, though. It was mental and emotional, and her story is about the power of resilience, the importance of having solid information rather than misinformation, and the transformative impact of a balanced and sustainable approach to fitness and nutrition. In our conversation today, you're not just going to hear another transformation story. You're going to learn the real tangible strategies that Isis used to overhaul her relationship with food and her body. You'll discover how strength training can be a gateway to not just a better physique, but a better mindset. And most importantly, you'll find out how to apply these lessons in your own life, breaking free from the myths and misconceptions that hold so many back in their fitness journeys. Isis, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me here. I'm very happy to be here. Um. Yeah, and I'm so excited to have you on because you, you've got an incredible story to tell. You've also been very engaged with our community and have a very bright, positive spirit, which is appeals to me for sure, and I'm sure our listeners. So let's go way back in the time machine to your childhood um, because that's where your early uh, self-identity was shaped, right? Yeah. Um, you told me that you, quote, came from a family where most were overweight and even in my home where we would eat healthy, homemade food all the time. My mom was overweight, and I considered myself overweight, too, even though I probably wasn't. So can you share what it was like growing up in an environment where you know, weight struggles were prevalent and that how that shaped your early perceptions of health and body image?
0: Well, yeah, ever since I can remember, I remember hearing my mom and my aunts talking about diets, about that diet that made them lose like 10 kilos each with that doctor, you know, like, so it was like kind of romanticizing this uh, diet culture, losing weight. And they would see it as, you know, like this, for example, this diet that it was the Atkins diet, something like the keto diet uh-huh. or something. So they, they would always talk about it, about how successful it was. They lost 10 kilos, but they would never say that actually they regained more than that weight. So it was not successful. Yeah. The <laughs> so they were caught up in this vortex of dieting, losing weight, and then gain it all again. So I grew up here in this, and when I was about ten, I did my first diet with the full support of my family, of course. And I was praying for losing weight. And even I remember doing one diet when I was like maybe eleven years old, not even twelve, which was almost not eating. It was called um, the cabbage soup diet. So the first I've heard of that, yeah. Yeah, you were supposed to lose like four or five kilos in a week because you weren't eating anything. It was just soups. We are surviving on 500 calories a day or something. Of course. So I did that diet for three days. Yeah, and then
1: you gave up right away, right?
0: What? All my life, that was my mom said. you know, like you need to diet to lose weight. But at the same time, it was normal to never be successful, like to always lose diet and like lose weight and then gain it back again. Because it was not seen yeah. as as a lifestyle, you know, uh, a sustainable lifestyle, but as something you had to, you know, a goal to reach. And then what happens next? We don't care. You just lose the weight and hopefully pray that it will stay out of your body, but that would never happen. Yeah,
1: I mean, your story is so relatable to probably everybody. Everybody listening to this, myself included, have been somewhere in our past where. We lost weight, gained it back, lost to gain it back, and just the very idea of what it means to lose weight. First of all, losing weight being the goal—like, why is that the goal? We just have been trained to be that—that's the goal for some reason, um, even though we're never happy when we do that. Secondly, how we lose weight, and and then it never—we can never maintain it, so it's like this on-off switch. And then the kind of—I um, uh, yeah, I got a little sense of disgust almost when you said you you did a diet at the age of ten because that. I don't know how common that is for listeners, but I know women especially have uh, a lot of struggles in, in their childhood with an attention on weight from their parents. Reflect on that now, knowing that that happened. Like, do you know a lot of people who've been through a similar situation where they were officially dieting at the at that young age?
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I come from a country where, you know, like the okay. youth standards are very unattainable. I come from Venezuela, you know, so like, like even the people, the like women who compete on these these beauty pageants, they they already look amazing, and they make them lose more weight. There is this uh, this idea of beauty that is unattainable. So yes, like with all my girlfriends, we always talk about diet even at this age. And at that time, it was pretty much normal. Like you know, like if you say to your parents, "I want to lose weight, I want to go on a diet," they are like happy for you. Like why not? That's what they thought was good, you know? So, like, reflecting on that, it's, it's actually, for me, like, the biggest damage that it did for me was the toxic relationship with food that I started developing from that age because I would see food as something that would make me be fat, you know? So I started yeah. creating that mindset that you need to eat as little as possible, do as much as exercise as possible in order to look a certain way until I made that decision that I'm not gonna diet anymore, I'm gonna work out because I want to be healthy, I want to live a long life, but I'm not gonna restrict myself anymore, so I'll be you know trophy forever
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no i I hear you um that and you're right, just the very image of certain foods like bread or potatoes. In some people's wow. minds, it's like that equals fat. And, I, you know, I have clients all the time where I say, well, have you eaten potatoes? Like, that's a great option for satiety during fat loss. And like, yeah, well, that's carbs and I'm in fat loss. And you're saying to eat potatoes like we just have these <laughs> links to, to food. So, all right. So then let's fast forward a little bit, um, because then in your teenage and college years, you said that's when you started this yo-yo dieting, right? This lose weight, regain weight, lose weight, regain weight. And you said that you believed being fat was in your genes. And the only way to um and, and we mean like genetics, right? And the only way to keep away from that was through a lot of food restriction and exercise. A lot of listeners definitely believe, or I'm sure they think that their genetics are sort of hardwired and they're everything and they're restricting food and they're doing lots of exercise, especially cardio. So tell us about your life at that time.
0: Well, I did believe it was in my genes because when my aunts were you know, overweight, even my mom. And as I said, my family, in my family, we eat very healthy. We rarely eat out, etc. But then I realized, you know, my mom was, you know, like all the time snacking and stuff and that adds up, you know. So she was actually overeating. It was not on the genes. Then at some point I started to think that I damaged my metabolism forever and that that was irreversible. I did so many diets that now it's me who I broke it. But now, I, yeah. Hold,
1: now hold on, hold on. You said hold on. You said something very interesting about your mom, how you thought, so you saw her as overweight, but you thought she was dieting, but she was really just sneaking the food and so she was just over-consuming food. I think that's important, right? Like we yes. all we all lie to ourselves in, in that way many, many times, but we just don't know how much we're eating, yeah.
0: Exactly. And it's something that I discovered after I started tracking food that, you know, something that seems like a harmless little snack, it's actually 500, 600 calories. And if you're already eating your, you, the calories that your body should be eating with your three meals, then actually that's that's a lot, you know? Like if you do yep. it two three times a week, which is very often, if, you know, some people, they snack like all the time and some people, they never do. Like my dad, he will never snack. But mm-hmm. my mom, yeah, she's in the kitchen and she's always, you know, like eating here and there. So, of course, now that I realize... It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I mean, she was overweight because she was eating more calories than when she was burning. It's mm-hmm. not
1: that, you know. And then that leads to, well, now I'm overweight, now I have to go on a diet, right? And I have to just like cut all this weight as fast as possible to get back to some magic number. Yes,
0: exactly. And that made me believe that it wasn't possible for me to be lean because it was in my genes. I, I would always say that even, you know, eating, I was getting fat from air, you know? But the, the truth is that I was, I was restricting myself most of my life, you know, like on and off, because when you restrict yourself, then you have periods in which you unrestrict yourself. So you become too free. And, you know, the the thing is that I was just making my metabolism slower. And at that time, and that's something I started also to understand with, with microfactor and seeing your, your is- expenditure going up and down. And I realized, of course, I was just, my body is just a perfectly good functioning body that was adapting to the little calories I was given. And I should actually be thankful for that. Because my body was very good to adapt to that. And, you know, I was not just losing all the way. My body was just adapting, like, and you're eating less, now you function with less.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and that's a, another great point for, for folks listening is that you could be even if you're not losing weight, you could be in this perpetual low energy state where you're eating less than your body needs, but not so little that you're going to lose much weight. And now you're just underfed; your metabolism's lower, and you think that you have to eat way less calories than you do for losing weight or whatever it is. So, um, yeah, all these revelations are important. But let, let let's continue the let's continue getting you close to the present because I want to um I want to understand the experiences you went through because. In early adulthood, you said that you promised yourself you were never going to diet again because you love food and the restrictions that you thought you needed to be lean were just too much to happily handle. And you started to exercise intensely and regularly and eat, quote unquote, super healthy, right? Lots of veggies, restricting carbs, having a huge list of foods you love but shouldn't eat because they make you fat. And you thought you could never be lean because it would take too much effort and you couldn't sustain it. So again, clean eating. Cutting out carbs, thinking of foods is good and bad. Just this is your relationship with food at the time, right? Still, not not the healthiest.
0: <laughs> not 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 healthy at all. Yeah, <laughs> it was very unhealthy actually. Not only for my body, but also mostly for my mind. You know, like yeah. you're always. It's not just. It's not only that you end up binging on food more often than not. It's also the impact of those binges in your emotions. You know, like in your in your mind you know you feel like you're a failure you feel like you're never gonna be able to do it you know why i can't control myself always be like but Mm -hmm. why what's going on like i I do very well in other almost all areas in life and why i'm such a mess with food
1: (laughs) yeah yeah falling off quote unquote falling off the wagon all the time right or whatever labels we use yeah yeah
0: yeah it made me feel like out of control, which I never felt in any other areas in my life, mm-hmm. it made me feel so out of control, so powerless, so frustrated, you know? So it was all this emotion that it was creating, not only like the extra calories that I was consuming
1: because my body was trying to compensate, but all right. this chaos in my mind. Chaos in your mind. And what what did the exercise look like then? You said you were exercising intensely. This is before you got into lifting. What did it look yeah. like?
0: yeah well i was at the end when i stopped to hit doing 30 40 50 minutes of hit, but i went through almost everything i could find you know i was just i wanted this one called insanity probably you heard about it oh yeah it sure. was awful it was awful is that,
1: was, P- is that p90 was that beachbody one of those yeah, programs yeah, yeah yeah. it was yeah. two
0: break dance for like an hour already the warm-up was Like leaving me exhausted, and I'm not a lazy person. (laughs) Like, what am I doing to myself? So, yeah. At the end, it wasn't
1: fun, was it? It probably wasn't fun either.
0: No, no. I was not enjoying it. I was, and I actually I ended up like taking to heat for the longest because it was short intervals of time. So, I Mm -hmm. would, you know, in my mind, it would be just 30 seconds. You can do 30 seconds from home. Right. right. I think so. It would feel easier. It would feel more manageable you know but i never really enjoyed it i always yeah. did it and i felt very well afterwards and i could see that you know it would help my body somehow i i never looked like really fit but i also didn't look on fit, so
1: <laughs> i says i can really i mean doing crossfit for years i can relate to that Where are like because people have asked me that well were you in shape and i said well Conditioning was there, like you had pretty good heart health, probably. Yeah, and and it, you burned a lot of calories, kind of, but your body probably compensated a little bit as well. But it's it's because you're just working so much and and putting all this intense work in. And we're not saying hits bad, right? Like even as a lifter, a few hit sessions can can be a great thing if you, especially if you can make them enjoyable. But that was your only mode of exercise, which sounds like torture. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Okay, so now let's get to the fun stuff. We come to a like about a year and a half ago, you started lifting, right? Is that about right? Yeah, a year and a half about
0: ago. A year, less than a year and a half. A year, and less a than months. a year.
1: Okay. Um. Yeah. yeah. And and you said that there was this significant shift in your approach to health and fitness now as an adult. Year and a, less than a year and a half ago. What was the catalyst? What was the thing that led you to break away from the cycle of the eating stuff? You know, restrictive eating and yo-yo dieting, but also the training.
0: So first, it started with the training. I was doing HIIT at home. I had bought some, you know, after the pandemic, I ended up buying a few things here and there.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: then I, I met this friend who was a personal trainer, and she had been training all her life. And she told me, let's work out together a couple of days a week. And I was happy, too, because I never had friends who wanted to work out with me. On the contrary, you know, like I had to beg them and they would be like, right. no. So I started working out with her at the gym and we were weightlifting because that's what she was doing. And I started, I realized I actually liked it way more than any other kind of exercise. I actually liked it, you know, for real, liked it. So I started weightlifting with her, but we were just, uh, we didn't follow any strategy. We were just okay. there. And she's like, we're just conditioning, you know, like in a few months, we will with the strategy, but I think she didn't. Really, she didn't want to get there because she's been doing that all her life, and now she's on her lazy
1: years. Oh, so she's just maintaining. So it's more of exercise, yeah. not training. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, okay.
0: yeah, yeah. Actually, she was like so eager to for me to join her because she was not being able to bring her stress to the team.
1: Okay, I see. An
0: extra motivation. <laughs> so I started and I liked it. So I started to read more about weightlifting. I, you know, that's when I discovered your podcast and all. And I, start, I started to realize that, okay, first I need a strategy. I cannot just go there to all the machines. I can actually, I was doing more than what I'm doing now. I was doing seven, eight exercises, you know, like each time and uh-huh. like pushing very hard, but at the same time, not tracking anything. So it was depending on how I was feeling that day. So I started to realize, okay, I need a strategy. Then also, I became, again, open-minded to uh, taking care of my nutrition in with an objective in mind, with a strategy as well. And now I have done okay. the calories before here and there, but I didn't really see, I mean, I didn't know how many calories I had to eat. You do these calculations online, but they don't work for you. I mean, Sorry. the calculations I did online were not correct after, you know, using macrofactor for a while. So I didn't really see results. So... Eventually, I matched these two together. I said, now I'm going to try it. I started studying, listening to your podcast from the beginning, taking notes, and I started doing progressive overload. I designed, but well, I didn't design. I took it from different sources, my workouts. I started, I bought MacroFactor. started to follow you know, the calories they told me. And in like maybe four months, I've seen more change than I have ever seen before in my life. And the effort has been like a fraction of what I usually usually have to do to see any kind of change in my body.
1: Okay. 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 I'm beaming right now, Isis. Okay. I I have to interject. I'm beaming because this is like what I wish everyone who listened to this show would do, is exactly what you're doing. Is you took action and you started, I mean, you took notes, which I love. Um, you you binge the show and hopefully got a few nuggets, which makes makes me really very very proud. And I I still am surprised when I hear people say that. Believe it or not, I still am very surprised. People are like, Yeah, I listened to your show and it actually helped change my life. I that, that makes me feel great. But for you to say that it it helped you get more control and do it in a way that felt like you weren't sacrificing anymore and you were able to get progress, like that's what that's what we want. That's what people want out of this journey for it to be a fun thing, for it to be a productive thing that doesn't require all this, you know guts and sweat and discipline and willpower. So I, I just congratulate you on like taking that action. You made it happen for yourself, but you took the information. So so thank you, and, and I want to applaud you for that.
0: Thank you. And no, I wanted to say also to tell you how grateful I am with everything that you share. And like you are very generous with your time and the, with the information, also getting people together. I usually... Don't belong to any online communities. And if I do, I'm just there, like looking from the distance. Looking. I don't can't <laughs> participate, you know. And you have created a space in which I feel also inspired and motivated to share my experiences with other people, you know, like I to have a, some kind of virtual long distance connection with
1: other people who are going through the same journey as we all are. That's beautiful, Isis. And I've I've heard that from a lot of people and I agree, like in the sense that I'm also in a lot of Facebook groups and some of them are not very active or it's just a different field, it's a different culture. And having come from like the world of CrossFit, I was very much missing the community aspect of that because I work out from home. But also with the podcast, knowing that people would reach out and say, Hey, I listened to this and it helped me out. I'm like, well, how can we get more and more people who do that, who listen to the show? to kind of interact with each other, because every day we see people come in who are where you were like two years ago or five years ago, they come in and you can see their questions are like very basic questions that I'm always surprised that they don't know the answer to, but we've all been there. And so our community just said, hey, and they dive in with a very positive attitude. You know, you'll know, you chime in and somebody who's you know an expert lifter will chime in or whatever the answer is to improve all of these things. So yeah, I'm glad you said that. And I want to go back to you Isis with the the recent transformation you said because it's you said you had all this chaos in your mind before, right? Yeah. What what is your mental state now? Like how does it changed and and what specific strategies allowed that to change?
0: Well, um I you know, and I have self-diagnosed diagnose myself with <laughs> that I have a toxic relationship with food and mm-hmm. that I am a, a, an emotional eater. Et cetera, et cetera. But then also I realized that my, the biggest trigger for me was my food restriction. I never was an emotional eater. As in uh, you know, I was going through some traumas or bullying or whatever, and eating. No, my all my my relationship with food started like the toxicity of it started by restricting. The food, by restricting the the quantity and by restricting the diversity of food I could eat and by relating eating certain foods to being fat, which is something I never wanted to be, you know? So now that I'm eating more, like I feel always, I never feel hungry that I'm eating a lot of carbs and that I'm eating probably more protein that I never, I had never eaten before. It's The the desire to binge is almost never there. That's for once. And for like the other thing is that I also wanted to thank you for is you talked so much about the sustainability that it finally made a way inside of my mind. And for example, when I would binge, uh, I would just try to compensate in the next two, three days, do it as little as possible. To balance that out right <laughs> so at some point i you know i realized that this is not sustainable you know like one day you just fall off the wagon which happens to absolutely everyone even with people who are not who don't have any you know unhealthy relationship with food you you'll hear them talking about how they finish the back of doritos or whatever sure. you know yep. and you i'm here punishing myself because i did that Instead of just, it's okay. I ate a thousand calories extra. So what? You know, like maybe if I'm trying to lose weight, it's just gonna, you know, it's gonna delay. Slow you down a tiny bit, yeah. And there is no end goal anymore. You know, like it's just, this is just a process for me. So it's not like before when with this diet mentality, I want to lose 10 kilos. And that was the end goal, you know? Now it's like, I'm just trying to make myself stronger. And hopefully that would also shed the, the extra fat. And, you know, just it's more like a vague goal. Like the goal is actually in the process. To follow this process in a way that is sustainable for my body and for my mind. So uh, this this contact, contact, constant mentioning of sustainability also shifted something in my relationship with food, in my binges, you know, like now if I do, it's just very like rare, it's just an isolated event. Before I would binge and then I would try to restrict myself in the next two, three days to compensate the calories. So then I would end up binging again one day or two days later. So it would be always like three, four binges in a week. Instead of just one, just take it, you know, because also when you See it as you know black and white, this is bad I did something wrong. It also brings you know the guilt, the feeling of not being enough What like what's wrong with me, so that makes you self sabotage again, so it' all you know like all this process has also helped me a lot mentally and emotionally in my relationship with food. I'm starting to see things with a completely different filter, and it's much it. easier yeah. i don't like now when i the, Last time I binged, it was the day that my period came. I just, do, 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 like, it eventually started. I was like, what just happened? <laughs> Why?
1: Just
0: and then my period came, I was like, ah, okay.
1: Now exactly.
0: Get, you know, so, it's, uh, I don't, and I don't feel bad about it. It's like, okay, whatever. You know, like, I just, life goes on. I'm not going to change anything. Absolutely awesome. sort of
1: I Isis, you have such a level of self-awareness and... You're right that like the buzzwords we use, like sustainability, I say it all the time. And I think it can be be overused when you don't explain what that means. And I think you did a really great job explaining different facets of what we mean by sustainability. So what you basically said was overall that I heard is it's part of your life. It's part of your process. You don't think of it as dieting or not dieting. And you talked about the binge restrict cycle. You can't binge on a regular basis if you're not also restricting on a regular basis to to have that cycle. So if you're simply accepting that you can enjoy the food you like, incorporate them, plan for them, obviously we don't want to eat to excess or do anything in excess, we don't want to do that but your body won't feel great when you do that anyway. So incorporate the things you love. Like you said you're not you're hardly ever hungry, right? And and maybe you still get go, go off a little bit here and there because of hormones because of your period, but it doesn't matter. You you accept it, it's reality and you move to the next day. You also said that the goal is in the process. I love that quote. You said, it's just a process. The goal is in the process. And every day we can have goals, right? Whether it's training or you know, hitting our macros or making sure that we are satisfied or non-fitness related goals as well. I, I agree. That's how we make things sustainable. It's just going after those on a regular basis and then pushing the comfort zone a little bit on the areas where we want to improve. Um, last thing you said was the no guilt from the black and white mentality. So again, same philosophy, same principle of just do things in moderation, right? Do things in a way that, that you can live with sustainably. So you don't have that dieting mentality. And then finally, you mentioned getting stronger, uh, which we all love here because if you have a goal to be athletic or strong or, you know, build muscle, it, it allows the food to support that. And then Whoa. you're never really restricting. And of course, you can go through a fat loss phase. You know, we talk about that all the time. Sometimes you do have to do a, a, a level of calorie restriction with it for a fat loss phase, but you're still not restricting the types of foods you eat. So, thank you for kind of laying the whole master class out of sustainable sustainability, uh, Isis. So, yeah, that was just a lot of commentary. So, let me ask you another yeah. question because strength training was critical, and it still is critical to your transformation no more uh p90 intensity workouts right no or... Never again. <laughs> so, Never. so how is it, is it tell us about your training what does it feel like how has it transformed your your physique and your mind so because it, it's okay to want to have like a great looking body you know and i, I think oh, you Sarah. do but in a healthy way so tell us about all that
0: so well as i said i really enjoy my my trainings. i really love them i always look forward to going to the gym and i it's I didn't realize how much of an impact it has in my mindset until I had to stop for a couple of months. And the moment, and I was also going through some difficult times that were making me feel a little down. And the moment I went back to the gym, I did that first training after two months, I felt so empowered. You know, before I was feeling like I was letting all these issues not bring me down, but I was feeling like a little, like a bit, like a victim I right? i just did that and i don't know what it did in my brain i feel like i feel normal again you know like i feel like myself again so definitely that i enjoyed that i enjoy like when i'm training i like the fact that it's for me it's like a meditation because i have to focus on one single thought which is like you can do 10 reps or whatever how many reps i can do it like you can do it so uh-huh. if my mind goes somewhere for a mic, mic like for a millisecond then i'm like Oops. my strength goes <laughs> but if i think about like whatever you know like i have to boom it's So it's a good mental exercise for me and uh, yeah i i really i'm planning my workouts now i plan you know the way that i'm gonna do the reps that i'm gonna do it's uh I don't know, more or less. I don't know if that answers your question. It does.
1: No, it, it appeals to me and the whole structure behind it, because what you're saying is that, you know, just just so people are listening who may not be as familiar, we are talking about training where you have a plan, you have sets, reps, movements, yeah. loads, all planned out. And then yeah. you're executing on that. And there's a sense of empowerment and control. But I like that you, you could compare what it was like to not train for a while after having trained and then come back and realize, whoa, like, I really want this in my life. Because yeah. it's just mentally invigorating, and you feel powerful and strong. And I, I, I've seen—I have never seen anyone who didn't feel that way to some extent about strength training. Now, that's different from exercise and like randomly working out and all this high rep stuff and cardio. That's different than what you're talking about. You said this is like a form of mindfulness. It's a process. You focus. Like there's a common theme here. So you definitely answered the question. I want to inspire people that. Training can be more. It's more than just building muscle and getting strong. It's a lot of other things.
0: Yeah, and actually, like if you're lucky enough to do it, like to do it with a friend, which I was doing before. Hopefully, I go back to doing it in a few months with my friend. It's uh, it's also time for socializing. I really enjoy that. It was cool. like our friend time, you know. We we're in between sex, we just talk, you know, catch up on things and the weekend or whatever. So it's uh, I like it, and you know, like. You have a lot of time for yourself now that I'm going alone. It's like a lot of me time. Okay, I have to right. do some research. I will have to do some online shopping in between that. You know, information. <laughs> like, that, that. That's so
1: true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: I love it. I know there is there is nothing I don't like about strength training, and yeah, it, it empowers me as well. And for sure, in my physique, I've never seen such change in my life. Even when I have lost like 20 pounds with a diet or something. I've never seen the change because actually when you're just losing weight without strength training, your body's just becoming smaller but very slowly. Right. So you don't see it in the you don't see it in the mirror. Maybe when you see a picture of how you were before, you're like, oh my God, did I look like that? You know, like you realize you have changed But with strength training now, well following of course following a plan, a strategy in, like, three, four months, like, now when I'm at the gym looking at, you know, the I like, exercise, like, doing something and looking at myself in the mirror, I don't recognize my body. Like,
1: wow, yeah. is that me? That's
0: <laughs> awesome. muscles, you know, with that definition. So, yeah, you see a change with strength training because it's, like, you are not only losing fat, you're building muscles. So, you are, like, becoming a little smaller, which is not very noticeable, maybe, but the muscle.
1: Not so, pops out yeah
0: yeah so you know, it's actually very motivating i mean not that i need it to go to the gym because i'm lucky enough to as i said to really love everything about it but i guess yeah. if you are not you know so much into it
1: yeah no gym, it's true it's i mean like- i yeah i agree and um i mean i can see your delts and shoulders right here popping you know like on the screen i mean it's fun to have that physique even when you gain some weight Hi, my name is Lisa, and I'd like to give a big shout out to my nutrition coach, Philip. With his coaching, I have lost 17 pounds. He helped me identify the reason that I wanted to lose weight, and it's very simple, longevity. I want to be healthy, active, and independent until the day I die. He introduced me to this wonderful little app called Macro Factor. I got that part of my nutrition figured out. Along with that is the movement part of nutrition. There's a plan to it, and he really helped me with that. The other thing he helped me with was knowing that I need to get a lot of steps in. So the more steps you have, the higher your experience expenditure is and the easier it is to lose weight when it's presented to you like he presents it it makes even more sense and the other thing that he had was a hunker guide and that really helped me so thank you villa so like i wanted to ask you about that have you gone through a dedicated gaining phase where you actually gained a little fat as well and and what was that like or have you not done that yet
0: i'm starting you started, okay yeah okay yeah, remember I come from this mentality that putting on weight is bad. Mm-hmm. So this has been like a challenge for me. I just I was in a cut for like four months and I decided, okay, I think I'm ready to go into maintenance, which I'm I'm now in maintenance, a little above maintenance, and I'm still like I mean I'm very happy with all that I eat. That's very exciting. But I'm still, you know, like mentally getting there to go into the gaining phase. I mean, it's going to be scary for me, but I trust the process now, 100%.
1: Good. Yeah, no. And I recently did that episode, right? Why I'm getting fluffy before I get jacked. So hopefully it helps. <laughs>
0: That's the one that the one that inspired me. I to say, okay, it's time. Let's go. It's like already yeah. for months in losing weight, it's just going to slow down my metabolism. And, you know, I already look lean enough, you know, before right. me, when I started, it was like very hard for me, even though it's recommended also like to start. But my mind is still like, you know, reluctant to, like, if I see myself fluffy in the mirror to mm-hmm. eat above my maintenance calories. But now it's like, okay, enough. You're looking already, you know, fit enough. It's time to go into the gaining phase. Yeah. Which is what I'm doing. Like, I've been like two weeks in at maintenance. So I'm going to stay two more weeks and then I'm going to increase a little bit more considerably the calories. Cool.
1: So I can. Okay, cool. Yeah. And if it's your first gaining phase ever, you're probably going to go go after something like 0.2 percent a week or something like that. Maybe maybe a couple pounds a month gain is what yeah, we're looking it's, at. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like a Couple pounds a month that will be something I'm comfortable with. Exactly. Yeah, and and you know, figure if you did that for six months, that's anywhere from six to twelve pounds. But you're going to gain, you know, six pounds of muscle or something like that, which is incredible, incredible amount of muscle that you're going to gain. And, yeah. and what I'll say is like, when you're at that phase where you're, you're, you're kind of maybe not beginner anymore, but you're getting into intermediate phase. Now you still have the chance of some body recomp along the way where, you know, you may gain more muscle than you think you may not. And it's, it's embracing the things that you can control and that are a measure of your success in that phase, which is not leanness. It's, oh, where? it's your lifts, right? It's your muscle. Wow. It's, even when you want to look in the mirror, it's like focusing on your biceps and your shoulders and things that can be defined, even while you're gaining weight, and not focusing so much on your belly or, or other spots that may gain a little more fat. It's, you know, part of the process.
0: Yeah, I'm still hoping that I can, you know, even if I go into a slight surplus, I'll still keep losing weight and building muscle.
1: Uh, yeah, you mean losing fat while while gaining muscle, yeah, right? Yeah,
0: losing yeah, but fat and gaining yeah. muscle because I still can, you know, my even though I started like lifting like a year and a bit ago, I actually started lifting with a strategy four months ago,
1: mm-hmm. four mm-hmm. months ago.
0: So I'm still a beginner, so I still can gain a lot of muscle.
1: You definitely can. You definitely can. What are your thoughts, though, on if you do start to gain some fat? So for example, are you, are you going to take body measurements like your waist circumference, biceps, things like that, so that you know whether it's muscle or fat?
0: Well, now I'm trying to embrace the fact that, you know, it, it's a journey and mm-hmm. doesn't matter. And, you know, like, you know, we all want this and this ideal body. Like, mm-hmm. focus on that. For me, it's now I'm trying to embrace the fact that it's just a journey that I'm enjoying and that it's just bringing me closer to a physique that I always dreamed of, you know, and, and I could never have. So, um, of course, it's going to, as I say, I have a lot of resistance to, to go into even maintenance. I was like, you know, especially because it's so easy that it's like I feel I could do, I could continue on a cut for months on end because it didn't feel difficult for me. Right. Or to everything, you know, all I have done in my life before that. So it's, um, it's uh, emotionally challenge, challenging for sure. But I'm willing to trust the process because it has worked so far for longer. sure, and
1: i I can't wait to see your gains and see you get s- super stronger in that phase
0: exactly mm-hmm. If they all say it, they must be right not.
1: yeah it's and it's funny because you say that it's gonna be its own challenge, right, because people always think of dieting and cutting and restricting as as a challenge, so to speak in the dieting mentality. um, but when you are gaining weight to gain muscle, it has its own challenges of doing that from a nutrition intake and carbs and performance perspective, which it's kind of fun. Right, because it's the other problem of like I got to eat enough. <laughs> yeah, sure. and and you maybe and you haven't experienced that yet. It sounds like, but um, when you that do, be nice, it'll I be another. Food. Yeah, it'll be nice. Will, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would
0: love That's it. A, <laughs> Just give yeah. me more calories.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and it has its own. It'll teach you a lot of things. as far as... like you'll you'll learn about yourself even more about the, the meal timing and and carbs and stuff like that. And if you start to fall behind, MacroFactor will let you know, right? Because you'll start to yeah. to flatline. <laughs> Wow. so keep keep us up to date in the community as you do that, you know, post some screenshots and stuff because we'd love to see that so all right, uh I wanted to ask about information and misinformation because one of the things you mentioned was it you know took all those years before you finally found like this podcast and probably some others like it that you listen to now. How do people navigate through that today, knowing that there's so much junk on social media there's just so many the things that get all the attention are usually the extreme fringe ideas, or they're like the one percent of like cold baths and red light therapy and like all this stuff that just doesn't matter versus the yeah. basics. How do people navigate through all that? How do you do it?
0: I didn't know Listen, for a long time. <laughs> I thought it wasn't easy. I thought it's not. It can't be easy. So this is something that you know, like actually goes against a lot of what I believe. You know that. I was not going to be hungry and I that I was going to work out only four days a week, you know, for very short intervals of time. So it's a uh, you don't really be I didn't really believe it could work until I decided to give it a try. And I think, you know, I still have many friends from my childhood, from my college years who are still struggling like with weight issues and they are like barely eating, exercising a lot. And even sometimes I try to tell them, it seems like they're not ready to listen. So I guess yeah. when you are ready, the information will find you and you will be open to receive it. Because even my friends can see that it's working for me. They just don't, they, they want to go on one hour run, eat very little, et cetera. Yep. I'm like, Okay. I mean, I guess it's not about the information. It's about you being ready for being that. Being ready.
1: Yeah. Oh, so that's so good. Yeah.
0: All the information is in there and maybe this information passed through my eyes a while ago and I didn't listen because in uh. my mind, my mindset at that time was still thinking that that's not possible. How can it be? You know, like eating that much, just working out that little
1: yeah. Oh, that, you know, I I just thought of something when you said that, because for years I did low carb diets. And anytime I would see anything that said anything to the contrary, like, no, low carb diets are not necessary. Carbs are good for performances. I would just, my confirmation bias or whatever bias I had was like, no, 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 that can't be right. Like, and so I would ignore anything related to that, which would have led me down this to this world of evidence-based fitness, right? Yeah. My first question to you is, have you shared this podcast with them?
0: Uh, I have shared it <laughs> with my friends. <laughs> With share, share it
1: share the podcast with everyone should, just yeah, yeah just very pa- passively yeah, say yeah, hey you, you know th- there's a podcast i really love not everybody listens to podcasts but like hey this is my favorite podcast send it to them um a yeah, I'm, I'm shameless should. plug on my part but honestly if it helped you hopefully we could help them that, right for sure yeah, yeah, yeah. Then that's
0: what we yeah. all want you know like yeah. to help each other to support each other you know to share what has worked for us but yeah, yeah i mean they, they i was also doing keto low carb was and it? also because I realized that nutrition, it's like, and you know, like many things in life is like a religion, you know? Yes, so people it's get, like a religion. You know, <laughs> yeah, there is yeah. not one, uni- one universal truth, even amongst professionals. So people, you get biased with what you believe in. So it's not until you are ready. That's why I say you have to be ready to break free from your religion and open your mind to something completely different. You know, and yes. to actually like listen to it. So
1: yeah, it's like, like being want- saved from a cult. <laughs> it's <like I> mean- <laughs> being uh, being rescued from a cult. Not everybody's ready for it. Um, exactly. To because be ready of for change, people out of their cult, You have to wait for them to be like, "I'm ready." <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's why I guess the best we, the best we can do is like love and support people who are in our lives, even if they're maybe making the choices we don't think are best for them. Um, and, and, and and gently encourage them and provide support. And maybe they'll be, when they're ready, you know, it'll be there for them. So that's a, it's a good approach. Plus, the idea of, um, of it being a religion implies that, like you said, a universal truth. If, if you are listening to this and you have, if you have beliefs like that right now and you're listening to Isis's story and you can relate to everything she said, you're like, huh, may- maybe I should question some of that. I would go back to your concept of sustainability. To me, sustainability is like a principle rather than a dogma, right? Rather than um, like, if you have sustainability, it means you can eat in a way for you forever. And therefore, there's no one right way to eat. It's the way yeah. that is for you. Exactly. So, kind of kind of embrace that idea rather than a specific, you know, these are the right foods. Like, I really enjoy weightlifting,
0: but I can see why for some people, they would never enjoy it. You know, they would never get into it. It's just a different way of, you know, like working out. So, some people- Is that love- true though? Is that true?
1: I just, hold on, hold on. I want to challenge that because I have a lot of conversations with this on other podcasts about that, where they'll say, well, what do you say to people who just don't like weightlifting? And and I'll say, well, are they doing it the way that I would do it? And if you start like getting stronger because you're using a training plan and progressive overlay, well, I've never met anybody who doesn't start to like the training. Then, exactly. but that's my opinion. What what do you think, guys? That's my opinion
0: too. Yeah. But some yeah. people they would they wouldn't even want to try, or they would they wouldn't have, try. They okay. wouldn't want to try in long enough to get yeah. to like it because True. like everything you cannot like something. Like, there is no love at first sight with your workout true, routine. True, true. And it's hard. It's hard, right? Yeah. People yeah. just, they are very resistant to it, Ugh. especially women. But now I'm more, I see more and more women who are into weightlifting. You know, like, it's I true. see much more than before, you know? So, yeah, I guess, I guess I would believe that everybody would love it if they give it a try, if they are right. patient enough to understand it enough to decide whether they like it or not and for sure they would like it more than any other kind of any any other kind of exercise you know but as i said like some people they are not even willing to listen
1: true so that's a lot of wisdom right there seriously that you just dropped that you may not like something the first time you try it but you stick to it and then you'll see if you like it and with weightlifting, with lifting weights it seems to be Almost universal that if you do it the right way and you start to build muscle, you're going to like it. There's just something like natural about using your body and using your muscles as a human being. Again, in my opinion, I'm very passionate about this, but I've seen people who did not like lifting and they've done everything. And then all of a sudden, they maybe do some body weight movements that help them solve a problem in their life, like an older person who has trouble getting off the couch and then they start squatting and now they can get off the couch and their joints don't hurt. And now they're like, "Oh, now I see the value in this." And so if you're yeah. listening and you like, you think you're not gonna like it, you've got to give it a shot like Isis is saying, and tie it to a performance goal you have or a health goal you have or something very specific that you can then train toward you know, don't just train to be have a great body and a lot of muscle like a year or two years from now that may be too vague. do it. For the process, do it for the, the short-term wins, and so, so so yeah, good. And I
0: think I also think regarding weightlifting, there is a lot of you know, like people like in when I was younger, when I started going to the gym, uh weightlifting for me was for like bodybuilders, so okay, that's yeah. why. Yeah. And a lot of people still see it like that at least where I from where I come from, you know, like like lifting heavy, like women would have like these tiny little dumbbells. Yeah. The, rep- rep- the pink so dumbbells, <laughs> lifting, lifting heavy weight and using all the machines. That was like only if you wanted to be like Mr. Olympia, like gigantic, bulky. You know, mm-hmm. the you know the gym. So I think a lot of people still associate by lifting with that because not long ago and on, she messaged me asking me what what do you think? What can you tell me about intermittent fasting? And I was like what for losing weight or for health in general she's like no i just want to lose some weight and i was say well i did it for a long time and actually i didn't lose any weight because of it you might or might not but it does it's not gonna make you lose weight per se but if you want i can tell you how to lose weight very easily and i kind of talked to her about it like you have to lift weights etc and she's like no i'm too old for that she's like 45 and i'm <laughs> like you are not too old for that and first like Actually, you should start lifting weight if you want to avoid like osteoporosis or whatever. You know that's the best anyone could do to avoid all these pains you start and all these health issues you start having when you grow old because of your bones, bone density, yep. etc. So, and she, as I said, if people are not ready, I say whenever you want, I can guide you to it. You just need to find probably a personal trainer who will like help you mm-hmm. understand. You know the correct form. That's all,
1: and. Like mm. one, ear, one ear out the other. Well, <laughs> yes. she's not ready. She's not ready to leave just the not cult ready. I was like,
0: Okay, well, you know, that's what I can not do. I
1: just plant the seed. Plant the seed. That's true. It's true. And, and that's a good point too, because some people will hear it over and over and over again. And then like two years later, they'll finally, you know, after frustration, they'll finally reach out. And, and by the way, for anyone listening, there is an age at which you're too old to lift. And it's the day after you die. That's the age that you're too old to lift. And I mean that literally because recent studies have shown in your 80s and 90s you can build new tissue i mean that is so amazing my own mother is approaching 70 and she's lifting for the first time in her life she loves it and she's getting stronger that's what it's about it's not just physique even though physique's a nice side benefit it's about being a human like we're we're mechanical right we're me- yeah. we have these joints and skeletal muscle and if we don't use it it all just starts to waste and you start to get frail and just like anybody else you see walking around your trajectory is poor health, metabolic disease, and all of that. And Isis here is like staving all of that off. She's getting younger every year of her life by lifting. So what else has it improved in your life besides, you know, the physical and mental, like relationships, career, personal goals, anything else?
0: Well, I mean, already the emotional part of it um, and the physical part of it is like a lot. I mean, emotionally, it has improved a lot. As I said, when I, this period in which I was like a little bit too down, like working out, made me feel like myself again. That's already a huge improvement. I Agree. realized yeah. that exercise, and it's not just exercise just because I exercise, because I have, if I had done some heat or some party or whatever, I would have felt like I wouldn't have felt the same. I would have felt like, you know.
1: Like, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm tired
1: just tired but, and exhausted yeah,
0: yeah. Not, not empowered yeah it makes me feel empowered and that's a, i would say that's a affects in every single aspect in my life for sure
1: beautiful yeah no that we hear that a lot of of the confidence you get sometimes it sometimes it feeds into other areas where maybe you you make a decision you would have made otherwise or take take a you know um, work on personal development or make, you know, you speak up at work or, or something. Sometimes people have a very specific thing they tie it to with confidence. You're already a very confident person. It seems I, I suspect a lot of that is inherited in you as well for, over the years. But the fact that you have found yourself and you've kind of got past the emotional side of it and now it's more positive, I get to see it on your face and how you talk. And I think that alone is you're going to inspire a lot of people just in general by your interactions with them. It sounds like already you're doing that. As well as being on the show. Um, I don't want to give the show too much credit, but like seriously, you're gonna you're gonna inspire a lot of people because it's just, just so positive. That's my hope. That's my hope. I for hate, sure.
0: I hate to hear people struggling with, you know, their weight issues. Every time as I say, every time I talk with my college friends, they're always, you know, like telling me how hard it is, why they cannot lose weight. And they are like doing everything and they're eating they Tell me what they eat. I'm like, oh my god, they just need to eat more. <laughs>
1: You know what? You're gonna share this episode with them, right? All your yes, friends. For sure, everyone for you know. Sure. Like, hey, for look sure. at me. I'm on this fame I'm famous. I'm on this show now. You know, millions of uh downloads and uh <laughs> um share it with them and then maybe they'll get the message and they'll they'll laugh 'cause I'm say we're saying all these things about them. <laughs> yeah. But then again, this is our religion. <laughs> they probably Yeah, yeah, yeah. There they're you go. Yeah,
0: part of another friend, they wanna be like that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, M- maybe, maybe, you never know. You might be surprised. Never know. Um, no, for sure. Be like, we're going to give them the benefit so of the doubt when they're watching exactly. this. Exactly,
0: no, for sure. I think a lot of people, you know, like it just takes time, you know, it takes time for some people to like get the message and be ready, you know, for sure.
1: So tying this all together, um, for listeners who might be where you once were, right? If they're feeling stuck in the unhealthy patterns, maybe it's your friends who are listening to this, <laughs> but anybody who's listening, um. What either what practical advice do you want to give them like one or two simple tips to start their own journey or thought of another way what would you have told yourself you know like 15 years ago to, to kind of jump start this knowing that there's the mental piece that you have to get past the this religion of like bias that you have to get past what, what would you say?
0: Well I would say that definitely like things are simpler than what you think they should be and Consistency and sustainability is the main, my magic ingredients in this part of my journey. Like being consistent, because I don't see it anymore as an end goal to lose this amount of kilos. So it means that it's just my life journey. So of course you have to be consistent. It's okay to like fall off the wagon once in a while. It's okay even if it's twice in a week, whatever. It's just keep on the journey. Just keep walking this path and period. And sustainability helps with consistency because the more sustainable you, you do, like you have to create your own process. Like, for example, I was trying to balance when I was having like my, my once a week meal out. I was trying to balance my calories of the day to be able to fit that 1000 calorie burger. And then I realized that. I was putting too much stress in my mind, and, you know, I was feeling hungry or whatever, and I say, okay, I'm just going to eat enough, and if this day I eat more calories, who cares? You know, it's more sustainable for me to do it this way than to, like, do it the other way, which is sacrificing my other two meals to be mm-hmm. able to us uh, that delicious burger that I like to have once a week. So it's all, you know, you have to make it sustainable. For you, and that will help you
1: be consistent, so true, so true i mean you you've you've got it, you've got it, like you you figured it out, Isis just, like just if you can plan your day, your week, your training your food, your movement, all that in a way that you can do it or or that it fits your life, of course, then you can be consistent, yeah, some people have it backward, they like try to force in the consistency with some discipline or willpower uh with things More. that they don't like right? Yeah, and you're yeah, saying, well, if you like it and it's the process and it's giving you wins every day, you'll just do it. <laughs> it's just exactly. part of your life.
0: You, can, yeah. you can't rely on willpower. This is something I yeah. have learned the hard way. You can't rely on willpower because it, uh, it's not an infinite resource. Yep. And food is always available. I mean, like if we're talking, if you have issues with food, willpower on, alone is not going to get you anywhere because food is always there. Exactly. You know?
1: The temptation is always to, there, so exactly. why why try to like, make it?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's not something like alcohol or cigarettes that you can just like make disappear from your life completely. So uh-huh. yeah, with power, it's not gonna help. <laughs> you it's have great. to just do create a system that works for you in a sustainable way. A system that, that is that it's enjoyable, that doesn't feel like a sacrifice. And now, with the right information, I have realized that this system exists for me it's not a sacrifice i eat as much as i want i eat everything that i want you know in moderation of course i plan it out etc and it works very well for me and it doesn't feel it doesn't have to feel difficult that's my main like if it feels difficult that's a red flag you have to find a different way
1: i love it a system a system that's sustainable enjoyable doesn't feel like a sacrifice and that is 100 possible for everyone listening so I want to know, Isis, what is next in your life? What well, besides this amazing conversation we had, and of course you're going to share this with all your friends who are going to get, you know, uh, converted out of that religion into, you know, this sustainable way of life. Really? What are your future goals for your fitness, your health, and and this this spreading awareness that you seem to be really good at doing here?
0: Well, my my biggest goal right now is to completely heal my relationship with food. to not feel guilty for like, not feel any kind of uh, feeling of guilt or or self-defeat or not being enough because of the way I eat. I want to feel that freedom that, you know, I can eat whatever I want, not literally. Actually, I like to eat healthy. I just want to break free from th- that mental chaos, which is now almost zero. But it's still uh-huh. there in mean, my subconscious mind, still, like, you know. Whenever, you know, I eat uh, extra calories, it's like tomorrow you will eat those calories less. And then I'm mm-hmm. like, no, that, I already see that does it work for me. And, you know, you know, like just heal completely my relationship with food. I am very confident that in the physical aspect of it, I'm on the right track and there's no way back. I'm looking forward to my first uh, cycle, food cycle of uh, gaining and then starting. Uh, to see how it (laughs) looks but uh, yeah mainly my main goal now is focusing on the emotional side of it because everything else it's already it feels it fits perfectly I I already you know I feel well with what I eat etc it's just the mental side of it that it's still it's still there it takes time because it's your subconscious mind you know since I was a child feeling guilty for what I ate feeling that i had to eat less you know like sometimes like, i'm thinking like maybe i could just go back into the cat you know like yes are totally mindset, agree yeah your own mindset telling you like what are
1: you doing you're eating too much that's right i mean and it sounds <laughs> oh, wow. like you've come so far and you're right you know we're always going to have things that we struggle with or things from our past and you you put it nicely when you said subconscious and i would even say unconscious in some cases right Uh, pattern like their patterns right their patterns are just like trained into you and if it started when you were 10 that's even you know harder to to break because it goes so far back but since you said that it reminds me we you know in in the wits and weights community you know i would love to have more uh content about emotion and and self-sabotage and like um you know unconscious patterns and things like that as part of our you know information and maybe some future podcast episodes about that so i'd love your input on that as we go forward I do like to ask this question of all guests, and I think you know what's coming. But what one question did you wish I had asked, and what is your answer?
0: Okay, yeah, I had to think about it for days. So my question
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you've thought about it in advance, and it was hard, right? Okay,
0: of course. I don't So it's what's the most difficult part of this new
1: journey? Okay, good question. What's yeah. your answer? And
0: the answer is the. The emotional part of it, the transitioning from the old mentality that I have to do more, sacrifice more, eat less, etc., to this new mentality of things have to be simple and easy. Because it's kind of like it's like counterintuitive, you know? It's like it's like when you are you are afraid of heights and you you're gonna jump. Even if you tell your mind I'm safe, it's safe to jump, let's do it. You're Subconscious mind like keeps you there, like
1: frozen. frozen. You know, like,
0: yeah. I can't, I can't. So it's, I'm kind of like Ugh. facing that right now, like almost on like very frequent that you have to realize that, you know, like you have this internal battle, like this is too good to be true. This is too easy. What, you know, like is it going to work? How is this going to work? Like I have done things much more difficult. They haven't worked. Why is this going to work? So. That is my only actual challenge right now with this new way of doing things because everything else is much easier than what I
1: always done. So, yeah. So the emotional shift in all of your beliefs is is difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Even though you are changing from a mindset in which things have to be super hard, and you're changing to something easier, it's still difficult for your brain because your brain gets kind of like. Hooked to that mentality, addicted right. to that idea, to that level of difficulty. So,
1: when you don't have it, your brain is like, "Hey, what's going on?" <laughs> because it thinks something bad is going to happen. Right? It thinks exactly. it thinks that that decision. So, so why don't we just why don't we make everybody feel a little bit more uh easy about or re- relieved about this? What is the worst that can happen if you make a quote unquote wrong decision, like with your food or your training? What's the worst that's going to happen? Like that? Maybe a hypothetical, but <laughs> you know right? Well, it's probably no worse than what's happened in the past when you haven't exactly. been doing the right things. That's so. what
0: I'm ha- actually, I had this thought. Uh, <laughs> there you that, go. Not long ago, like, what's the worst that can happen? I'm going to put on weight. Well, I've been putting on weight all of my life. Exactly. And the yeah. story of my life is nothing
1: new. So yeah, yeah
0: you're right. What's the worst that yeah. can happen? It's nothing new, actually.
1: It's yeah. something you've been going through all your life. Exactly. And, and the way we do things and the way ISIS does things, and I know we didn't get into a lot of detail on that, but it's, the awareness and the control comes from the tracking and monitoring of what you're trying to measure. Like ISIS you know, tracks your food and tracks your lifts and stuff. And it's not quote unquote calorie counting or like this very, you know, it has to be exactly this thing. It's more just, Hey, what's going on with my choices, with my body and with the outcome so that I can feed that back and change what's happening. And if you have that awareness, you know, if things are going off in the path you don't want and you can just what? correct it the way you do. Yeah. Yes, exactly.
0: Cool. It's, it's not about Perfection. It's about exactly. being
1: con- constant. That's Consistent. It. Yep. That's Sustainability it. and yes. consistency. Awesome. Exactly. All right. Is um, Isis, do we want to let anybody know uh, how to reach you here or do you want them to find you in the community?
0: Well, I'm on the community. I don't really have like a public uh, social media mm-hmm. persona. So it's just personal for friends and all. But uh, I'm, happy, uh, I'm happy to interact with people on, on the Facebook
1: community. Beautiful. So for everyone listening, we're talking about the Wits and Weights Facebook group. Totally free. It's a private group, but it's free. Um, and as I mentioned before, very positive, very supportive. And you can join using the link in our show notes and, or just searching Wits and Weights on Facebook, and you'll be able to find Isis Alvarado in there. I'll see if I can like link. I don't think I can link to her profile, but we'll link to the group so you can find her. Other than that, this has been a pleasure, uh, an amazing conversation. I'm really glad we had you on. Um, I'm inspired just talking to you. You're so positive. And again I'm grateful you came on Isis.
0: Thank you. I really enjoyed this conversation too and as I said thank you for everything you shared. Like this information has changed my life and not only the scientific facts that you shared but also your approach to it that as I said it has sunk in my mind and it has been like it has been a key factor for the changes that I needed to
1: to do. That means a lot to me Isis thank you. And um thanks for coming on. Thank you, Philip. Nice to meet you in person. Well, virtually in person. <laughs> exactly. It's awesome. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Wits and Weights. If you found value in today's episode and know someone else who's looking to level up their wits or weights, please take a moment to share this episode with them. And make sure to hit the follow button in your podcast platform right now to catch the next episode. Until then, stay strong.